Okay, all right. The podcast has started. It's begun. We have started the TikTok. TikTok is live. And oh. now we're about to go live on the IG. Are you ready? We're ready. Your sisters, you're seeing the background or behind the scenes right now how we go live to thousands, to millions worldwide. Hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's go live on IG as well. Right, and let's see everybody come in. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. Hello, sisters. We are live on TikTok and IG and recording a podcast yes. doing the Q&A. We are multitasking well, for one purpose. We want to do a little live Q&A session uh, for, for the podcast for a sister and mister. And what better way to do a live Q&A session than on the grams and the TikToks? Exactly. We love all your questions every time that we hop onto IG Live. So we figured that we should just do this. Yeah. And answer the public. Let's give out some shout outs. Hello to Kingsley. Hello to Soso1999. Sammy. What's up, everyone? Karina. How's it going? Rachel. Sanana. Hope you're all doing great. If you want to hear your shout outs, of course, you can listen to this on the podcast. Um, all right. Well, we got our first question already from Bush Roddy. What do you recommend for hair loss? Advice for hair loss. All right. So hair loss, that's a great topic to start with because so many people ask that question. It's one of the most difficult symptoms of PCOS, struggling with hair loss, and it typically has to do with having high androgen levels. High androgen levels like testosterone and cortisol, and these are the hormones that really drive anxiety and cystic acne and hair loss. And so basically, when you have high testosterone, it turns into DHT, which is the more potent form of testosterone. And that gathers around the hair follicle and causes it to shrink and the hair to fall out. And it also causes like an overproduction of oil. And so that's why you might see that you have cystic acne or a lot of oil on your scalp. And so one thing that could really help is drinking spearmint tea. And that helps to lower testosterone levels significantly. If you drink like three cups a day consistently, you might see a big difference, but that's not just it. There's so many different things that factor into why you have high testosterone. So it's really important to like look at the bigger picture, see if you have insulin resistance that can trigger high testosterone in your ovaries and so on and so forth. Yes. All right. Uh, we got a comment from Barbara. Hello. I want to thank you so much for running this page. It's been so helpful for me. Oh, thank you, Barbara. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the support. And it's our pleasure. Let's go to some next questions. And Oh, we got Andrea, day nine of the 10-minute workout challenge. Awesome. You go, girl. Yeah, for anyone who hasn't participated, let us know in the comments uh, on TikTok and on Instagram, have you been participating in the 10-minute workout challenge? Do you even know what that is? Or, or like, have you, like, you have no clue what that is? Like, maybe you haven't seen our stories yet. Let us know. Curious to see what people are uh, doing with that. Basically, we have a 10-minute workout, and Sirak put it together. It's a slow-weighted workout. You can do it at home, and if you don't want to do it, you can go on a walk and basically just take a selfie and tag us, PCOS.weightloss, 
use the hashtag PCOS, and you may win a four-week meal and workout plan. Yes, we're doing a giveaway every single week, and actually, we're going to announce a winner today, so stay tuned. Let's go back to your question, sisters. Is walking 30 minutes a day good for weight loss with PCOS? So, yes, uh, there's a question from Kelly. So walking is definitely going to help you with improving your insulin sensitivity, improving your metabolism, lowering your stress. These are all really core factors in your PCOS weight loss journey. Now, it really depends what your journey is like. Now, if you want to lose weight over long periods of time, it's a really great way to incorporate walking into your into your routine. So yes, I think walking is great. Of course, if you're just only doing walking, it may take a little bit longer. But if you're incorporating walking with slow-weighted workouts and other forms of cardio, then you can see the results a bit faster. Yes. Let's see. I feel sleepy all day. Tell me what I can do. Okay. So fatigue is really challenging. And, you know, there's a lot of different factors that play into this. And a lot of times people get um, addicted to caffeine for energy. And that kind of makes the fatigue worse and snowballs it day after day. But the idea here is that when you are really fatigued throughout the day, it's a sign that you might have cortisol dysregulation. And that means that your stress hormones aren't being high when they need to be high and aren't being low when they need to be low. And they should be low at night so you can get some deep quality sleep. And then they should be high in the morning so you can wake up with a pep in your step. And if that's not the case, then it could be cortisol dysregulation. And there's different lifestyle factors that you can do to really like push your cortisol where it needs to be. And that means, you know, setting up a great nighttime routine so that you get a good surge of melatonin that will push your cortisol down so you can get quality sleep at night. Um, Don't look at your screens. Make sure that you are taking CBD, reducing stress, reading a book, not staring at your phone all night and going to sleep at a in a timely way. You can even take melatonin if you need to. Consult your doctor, of course. And then in the morning, um, making sure that you are waking up with energy, maybe going out for a walk because the sunlight can really pump that cortisol and make you wake up. Um, Things like that. Awesome. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and D-chiro-inositol. This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body, but with women like like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. All right, we have our next question lined up. This one is from TikTok and this one is about teeth. So Question is, does PCOS have any link to bad teeth? So we actually did a podcast episode about dental health and PCOS. Now, 
This isn't to scare anybody or to be like uh, to bring up another thing that PCOS affects. This is just we're just we're just messengers, and basically, um, research has shown that there is a link between PCOS and causing uh causing gingivitis. yeah higher occurrences of gingivitis and other gum issues in the in the teeth as well as cavities. So we believe that the reason for this is due to insulin resistance because that excess sugar could be being uh, excreted circulating or circulating your throughout your saliva, and that when you have that excess sugar in your saliva that's obviously going to cause cavities gingivitis and like cause your bacteria the good bacteria in your teeth over time in your gums to basically um what is it correct i'm not a dentist so it's kind of hard for me to explain this we but, you actually know, had like a yeah we had a specialist on our podcast yeah we had a specialist come on the podcast and explain all of this so highly recommend listening to that podcast episode if you just scroll down you'll you'll find about dental health and pcos yes all right let's see. seeing a lot of questions about Obastol, babe uh, maybe you can answer this one from AJ. When is a good time to start Ovacetol? Should you wait until you start your cycle? And maybe we can just give some information about it. Yes. So when's a good time to start? A good time to start is as soon as you know you have PCOS, as soon as you know you have insulin resistance. Inositol is the most researched supplement for PCOS. So I always talk about it because it has shown to help with all pathologies of PCOS, all of our symptoms, specifically insulin resistance and cravings and getting our periods regulated and ovulation and egg quality. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And Ovacetol is one of the best, in my opinion, because, or according to research, because it has the 40 to 1 ratio of myo and d inositol. And these are the two types of inositols found in your cells in a ratio that your cells need to be replenished in order to become more insulin sensitive. You know, not to get into a science lesson, but basically it has helped so many women with their cravings, with getting their periods back and getting pregnant. Yes. And we have a link to it in our highlights called Ovacetol and also in our podcast description. Yeah. And we can actually now ship it internationally. We couldn't do that for a long time. But just as, just as of this month, we made some changes to our website and we can now ship Ovacetol out internationally. So if you want to do that, you can go to ovafit.org. Cool. All right. 12-3-30 workout. Is this a good workout for PCOS? Uh, yes, it's actually a great workout. We highly recommend it. If you're curious what 12-3-30 means, basically, um, all you need is a treadmill. You find a treadmill, you put it on 12% incline, and then you set it to 3 miles per hour, and you do it for 30 minutes. The 30 minutes part, you can do a little bit less, a little bit, little bit more, but generally, you want to hit that 30-minute mark. And this is going to really be helpful in one engaging your legs during this walk it's engaging the leg muscles a bit more therefore helping with more uh, muscle growth that's going to help with insulin sensitivity again insulin resistance help you improve your metabolism help you have more energy lower stress all of this uh, while you're, you're doing this 12 3 30 it's not an intense workout either you're not getting out of breath your heart rate isn't beating too fast and it's just overall a great workout all right next question all right. Is everyone having fun? <laughs> Are we all enjoying this live Q&A? <laughs> How do I address sugar cravings? Did, we, did you talk about cravings before? Did I? No, I talked uh, about Ovacetol. Okay. How do you address sugar cravings? It's so hard because I feel like there's so much like miscommunication out there about cravings and what we can do. So one thing that I remember doing when I had really bad cravings is eating a lot of fruit. And I thought that because fruit's healthy 
I could just have a bunch of fruit throughout the day if I was craving sugar. And as it turns out, that is not ideal. What you want to do is make sure that you're eating in a way so that you don't get the sugar cravings. And what I mean by that is like balanced meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, making sure that there's protein, fiber, fat, carbs, you know, everything on your plate that you need in order to feel satisfied until your next meal. And I mean, of course, there's a place for like snacking once or twice a day, but it shouldn't be like this crazy drive to the pantry that you need to have a bunch of sugar or else you can't survive. So basically, sugar cravings have a lot to do with your eating patterns throughout the day. And it's not just something that just like comes up randomly. You know, you want to reflect on like, oh, did I skip breakfast? Was my lunch too light? Like maybe that's why I'm craving something. Maybe my blood sugar is low because of that. And it doesn't end at just like what you're eating. It's also genetic, if you will. Like it's not genetic, but um, what's the word? Like it's basically because of PCOS. If you have insulin resistance, even if you're eating in a great way, there might be that occasional crazy craving for sugar. And that's when supplementing comes in to just, um, look, someone said, oh, I saw help my cravings. Andrea nice. Nicole. Yes. I mean, when you complement Ovacetol with that healthy diet change, you'll see the biggest difference. Yeah. And related to this, too, there's a question on uh, from Carly on TikTok. What carbs do you recommend? My gynecologist said no carbs for PCOS. Let us know if this is something you've heard. Go low carb, go keto, just don't eat carbs at all. Because, well, so, so here's the thing. So you probably heard about keto a lot. The thing is keto can momentarily, temporarily help with PCOS weight loss because you're having drastically low carbs all of a sudden and that can you know help you lose weight temporarily. But we all know that keto isn't something that's sustainable for the rest of your life because you're not going to have less than 50 grams of carbs for the rest of your life, right? I don't think anybody wants to do that. Never have bread, never have car, uh, pizza, things like that. So let's say you lose weight doing keto for a few months and then you get off of keto. Majority of the time from our experience with sisters is they gain the weight back because keto doesn't get to the root cause of the issue. It doesn't actually fix insulin resistance or reduce uh, inflammation like permanently or um, help with adrenal fatigue. Like what keto does is it just drastically lowers your carbs so much forces you to like basically lose weight, maybe improves your insulin sensitivity a little bit because you're not having excess carbs. Uh, but then the second you stop doing that, your body basically like gains the weight back. Yeah, you want to find a realistic way to reduce your carbs. And that could mean slowly lowering your carb intake until you find a range that works for you. It doesn't end at just lowering carbs though. And that's the thing. Like, of course, if you're insulin resistant and you just cut out all your carbs, then you're not going to have spikes in insulin as much. And okay, but how long can you do that for? And what about the other things that can help with insulin resistance, like walking and supplements like Ovacetol yeah. and making sure you're eating a high protein breakfast? I mean, that the easy way out is just to like throw out all the carbs and like never look back. And yeah. It's actually so hard. It's not easy and it's not sustainable either. And for some, going keto is really helpful. And yeah. for others, it can be really stressful on their body. Yeah. So again, like you have to find the amount of carbs that works for you. If keto is it, that's great. And if it's not, no problem. Yeah. And we've, we know people who've gone keto and they've done great and they've got off of keto. 
But the one thing is they knew that keto, like going on keto and the losing the weight wasn't like the cure. And then they knew that once they went off of keto, they had to make sure that they were on top of their blood sugar and things like that. So my point here is if you're on keto and it's going great for you, that's awesome. Make sure that once you go off of keto, whenever that may be, you have a plan to, you know, make sure that, you know, everything goes good afterwards, basically. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And uh, there's a message here from Merlina. Uh, so spot on about keto. I'm on keto for the third time. So, yeah, it just depends on each person, of course. You just have to be aware of what's going on. But in terms of carbs, like what carbs you recommend, the question from Carly. The thing is with, with carbs, it's really more so about knowing what amount of carbs are right for you. You know, like I may be able to, or I don't have PCOS, but let's say Tali may be able to eat 100 grams of carbs and then Carla might be able to eat 150 grams or 80 or 70. The thing is you don't know until you do a bit of trial and error where you're basically testing it out. So you have 100 grams and then you see how you feel. We have a tracker in the sisterhood, especially with the app coming out soon. If there's a whole like a live tracker that you can see how your carb tolerance is going and you you figure it out after a few weeks, maybe a month or two, and then you go from there, you know, and that way you don't feel restricted. You can still enjoy your life. You're still having the carbs you love just to the grams that your goals are for that day. Yes. All right. Oh, the app is coming <sighs> soon, sisters. We are just... Getting it in the app store, hopefully. I know. We just submitted the app, the sister app to the Apple App Store. We're waiting for the approval. Come on, Apple. Approve it. <sighs> All right, babe. Let's do some questions for you. Uh, I love this. This is such, Okay, this is a perfect question for Italian. What is a good PCOS routine that feels manageable without adding more stress? Italian, the queen of routines. What do you have for us? Okay. Great question. Of course, something that's not going to be stressful and manageable is really personal. Like, so you would have to like tweak this however works for you. But for me, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, it takes time. I'm gluten and dairy free. We always talk about how that really can help reduce inflammation and insulin resistance. And you should try it for 30 days to see how you feel. And if that's a lifestyle you want to continue if it's really great for your symptoms. So for me, it's great for my symptoms. So I'm gluten and dairy free and it took about a year to like get used to it and make it manageable and make it consistent in my lifestyle. So that took a minute, but for me, it's manageable and that's part of my routine. And also what else is part? Oh, I definitely do my slow weighted workouts four times a week. Give us like your nighttime routines. I feel like a lot of sisters, they want to know like how, what, what can help them fall asleep at night. You know, like what is your relaxing routine that's guaranteed to give you some sheep at night? Sheep? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I try to put my phone away. I use blue light uh, blocking glasses all day, not just at night. And that really helps because that blue light suppresses melatonin and it's just awful for your cortisol. And it makes it really like I can feel the effect that it could have on my sleep. Also going on a evening stroll, like while the sun is setting really helps you get your melatonin up and get in the mood to sleep. I read a Kindle that's relaxing to me in dark mode so that the bright like screen so that there's no like bright screen light what else do i do oh there's cbd that's a great idea right before you sleep you do your face routine i do your, my face your routine towel, uh, i put towels. my i have these like 
wrist towels. They're like bracelets, but made of like towel materials so that when I wash my face, the water doesn't dribble down into my elbows because I have this whole like skincare routine. Um, I follow Dr. Obaji Skin at the moment. I've uh-huh. been using his product or it's called like Zo Skin Care. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Nothing crazy. Nothing fancy. Sirak plays the guitar. It's relaxing. I mean, for free too. You, have a you get free guitar every night in this room, you know? Yeah. Should be. I'm grateful. That's right. Okay. It's Eric Clapton up in here. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's do some rapid questions because, you know, I want to make sure we answer as many questions as possible. Let's try to see if we can run through some questions so we can answer as many as possible. So uh, what is a good way to lose belly fat? That's where I seem to gain weight the most. Great question. PCOS women are actually more likely to gain weight in the belly area for a couple of reasons. One is insulin resistance. 80% of sisters have it, and this actually causes your body to retain weight around the midsection. Number two is stress, high cortisol. If you have really high cortisol, it also causes your body to retain weight around the belly area and also retain weight generally. Number three is poor sleep also. Poor sleep gets it's also related to high stress as well because usually high stress leads you to have cortisol dysregulation. Not then now you have poor sleep as well. And now that creates that cycle of cortisol being constantly dysregulated. So there there are varying factors, but in our opinion, for majority of PCOS women, belly fat is a cause of insulin resistance and high cortisol. So what do you do? Well you want to make sure you're managing your blood sugar levels, maybe taking a supplement like Ovacetol, uh, making sure your diet is on point with your blood sugar levels. And then uh, number two is you're doing workouts that are working on your entire body as a whole and spending the most amount of energy. For example, like uh, full body workouts or workouts that include the legs. Um, these are going to expend the most amount of energy and cause your body to burn the most amount of energy, a.k.a. fat, and cause you to gain lean muscle and get rid of that belly uh Waking at the same time. Yes. Okay. I kind of went off. Well done. I went. I, went, I said I was go quick, but I didn't go quick. So go, go ahead, talk. There is no quick. <laughs> um. Let's see. One second. I love peanut butter. What's a good alternative so I don't lose my favorite treat? Um. You could still have peanut butter. Yeah. You can have almond butter. I heard peanut butter is like more inflammatory than almond butter, but. Either way, if you like peanut butter, I don't think that's going to make or break your PCOS journey. Yeah. I think that sometimes we get caught up on the little things. And I mean, for example, like endocrine disruptors. Okay, they're everywhere. They're in our beauty products, hair products, shampoo. The plastic loofah we use is like made of plastic. We're like rubbing it on our body in the shower with high heat water. (laughs) So, I mean, yes, there are like toxic chemicals everywhere. I've heard peanut butter is inflammatory, blah, 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 all these things. And I feel like if you want to start from one thing like makeup and start swapping things out, you know, maybe that's more of a sustainable way to clean up your lifestyle and make it more PCOS friendly. For me, like throwing everything out and buying everything new is like too much. Like I like my mascara from Estee Lauder. You know what I mean? It (laughs) took me a minute to swap over to like a clean mascara. I did when it ran out, but you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't need to be this huge upheaval that makes you uncomfortable and like not want to sustain it. Yeah. So if you love peanut butter, I would stick to peanut butter. And if you want to, for example, do something that probably has more impact on your diet, like going gluten and dairy free, you know, I would start small and swap out the dairy from your breakfast and try to like start implementing that instead because it actually would probably have more impact than peanut butter. Cool, 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 cool. 
All right. I want to read this uh, question right here because I think it's a, um, a good point. Ovastol is really expensive. Everyone can't afford it. Please suggest some alternatives. So I, I want to explain one thing too is that Ovastol actually comes in a three-month supply. So that's why it comes off as expensive. Now, this might seem controversial, but I'm going to say it. Ovastol is actually one of the cheapest inositols out there. Yes, it is actually one of the cheapest. Here's why. So um, it comes in a three-month supply. So when you look at the actually the monthly cost, it's actually relatively low compared to other inositol supplements. But Ovastol comes in fourth. So like if you're looking for alternatives, these are the factors to look for. Because at the end of the day, we want you to get the proper inositol supplement to help you. So it doesn't matter if it's Ovastol or something else. The important thing is you get an inositol supplement that, that has like research-backed dosages and quality. So here's what to look for. One, you want to look for an inositol supplement that has a daily dosage of 4,000 milligrams. So that means you're going to have 2,000 in the morning and 2,000 in the evening, breakfast and then dinner. So that's the first number one uh, important thing because that's what was used in the studies, 4,000 milligrams a day. Number two is it should be in a ratio of 40 to 1 myo and d inositol. So 40 to 1 myo and d inositol. Again, this is what was used in the studies. And two, this is the ratio that's found in the body. And when that ratio gets off, that's when insulin resistance occurs and gets worse over time. And number three, inositol is a massively produced product in on this planet, which means you should buy it from a company that is NSF certified or at least third-party certified. Inositol is used as a filler in a lot of other supplements, in a lot of other areas. And what that means is that it's a very massively produced product. So you, can't, you shouldn't buy it from a company that doesn't have any credentials because you don't know what the heck they're creating. So essentially what I'm trying to say is buy it from a company that has a third-party certification for example, Ovacetol has that NSF certification, which means that it's third-party tested for contaminants, for accuracy, for a lot of things. So that's why Ovacetol is our favorite because it meets all of those different criterias. And um, we haven't really found any other inositol supplement that meets those criterias that's even close to the same price. So I hope that explains it. And um, if you have any questions about it, if you find any alternatives, let us know. We'll definitely share it. Okay, let's answer a couple more. Can you mix Ovastol in with any beverages? Yes, you can mix it with hot or cold beverages, but not with anything carbonated. So I mix it with tea. I mix it with water. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Tea, water. I make apple cider. Sometimes I like boil apples with cinnamon. Sometimes you put it in like a smoothie or something. Oh, a smoothie. Yeah. Your morning smoothie. Pump it with Ovastol. <laughs> All right. Uh, Color Street says, you guys are amazing. I learn so much every time I watch your lives, videos, and sisterhood. I'm slowly making changes and definitely feel a difference. Oh, thank you so much. We're so happy to be able to help. That's awesome. Yeah. Welcome to the sisterhood. Yes. And you're doing great. We're very proud of you to, to making all those changes. Just to, to cool. touch on the sisterhood for a second. Yeah. Let's touch on that. We have been working night and day <laughs> on to the app. get this app going and out. And as you can imagine, it's not easy when you're designing something from scratch and you have this vision and you want it to be perfect. And then you, you know, you, there are other factors. I mean, if I was the one building the app and I had that kind of smarts, let me tell you, it would have been done yesterday. <laughs> but um, I wish we were app developers. Well, would I be spending day and night developing this app? But 
I'm not, and I can't. And here we are, yeah, waiting. It's okay. We think it'll be out in in about a week. Give us seven days. Oh, it's possible. I'm not giving anyone any timelines. I know. I'm just gonna sit here quietly. The funny thing is, back in (laughs) like literally back in August, I was like. September, guys. September will be out. Yeah. Yay! Well, that hopeful Sirak is now it's no longer with us. It's December, Sirak. Squandered yeah, dreams. Squandered. All right. Well, it's fine. All right. Well, um, I guess on that note, for anyone who is uh, watching this right now on the live, um, if you want to listen to this podcast, you know where to. Oh, maybe you don't know where to find us. You just go to any podcast platform there is: Spotify, Apple. Um, Stitcher, Google, and just search a sister and her mister, a sister and her mister. Or if you search PCUS, you'll probably find us as well. We have so many episodes. We're getting close to 200 episodes all about different different uh, topics. And uh, yeah, just stay tuned for the sisterhood, everybody. It's about to come out, the app. Stay tuned. Stick around. Yes. Alrighty. Bye, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage 1, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage 5, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.